Subjugation is liberation. Contradiction is truth. Those are the facts of this world. And you will all surrender to them. You pigs in human clothing! Hey, welcome to Tech Tools. We are a couple of tools talking about tech, talking about politics, talking about whatever comes to mind because we know a little bit about a lot of things, not really a whole lot about anything, but we're going to talk about it anyway. I'm Dean Ludwig. I'm broadcasting from my studio at the Shack at Possum Holler. Welcome. Uh, let me pass it over to my co-host. And this is Scott Dunlap. I'm reporting from an abandoned missile silo in Lukenbach, Texas, and I'm here to talk about stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of what we do um you know we he and i sit around and, and talk about stuff all the time and figured you know if we're going to do this we might as well record it maybe somebody else can get something out of it or maybe we can piss somebody off who knows we're going to try it all i have a feeling we're just going to annoy the crap out of people but <laughs> a lot of people are doing this stuff so we figured if they can do it we can too well, I think the first thing we probably ought to do is uh, go ahead and identify ourselves. So we'll start that with the uh, Wheel of Genders. All right. Okay, my favorite. Today, I am a polyamorous platypus. How does that work? I don't know. Okay, well, I think I'll be a Chinook helicopter. I mean, I've heard of more ridiculous things like a woodland elf. So, yeah, I uh, I think it, it's uh, pretty much anything you want it to be today. Um, and you know what? Maybe later today I will be something else. Who knows? I can switch it up whenever I want. Apparently. So you're gonna be uh, identity fluid? Is that what we're gonna do? I can I can do anything I want. Should I set a timer for this, or what? What are we no, doing? No, it's here? just how I feel. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we can do that. Um, you know, it's it's really funny to me. The people who do this stuff always preach, trust the science, but yet they believe in fantasy. and uh, Trust the science they want you to trust. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah, that's kind of how it works. You know, trust the science as long as it aligns with, with what they believe the science should be. Or... What they can get a bunch of scientists to say, okay, we are in agreement on something, which is, of course, how science works. You know, it's, it's all about agreement. It's not about actual experimentation. Well, I thought the purpose of science was to test theories and basically prove them wrong. Oh, now you sound like a boomer. Oh, damn it. Oh, well. I guess I'm going to lose this one. <laughs> you know, speaking speaking about that, you know, we've got something. We've all lost. Yeah, we got something on the screen. We were we were kind of discussing this uh, 
queer neurodivergent teacher brags about indoctrinating indoctrinating small children into gender ideology ideology. Um, easy for you to say. Easy for me to say. Three to five year olds, really? Well, I, I like how the the subheading says the author and activist with a decade worth of experience being a get this professional pervert said a new teacher was impressed with how much the three to five-year-olds in her class had imbibed radical gender ideology. What is radical gender ideology? Well, I don't know, three to five-year-olds. I mean, I was, I was eating dirt and picking my nose. I don't think I could discuss, you know, what my gender was. I mean, that was... Well, most three-year-old boys have a pretty good idea what their gender is because they walk around clutching their junk all day long. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, sometimes we don't grow out of it, but... <laughs> well, yeah. I'll let you know when that happens. Yeah, something doesn't sound quite right to me about that. But, you know, I, I did have a theory on all this, and it goes back to the conspiracy. Uh-oh, here we go. We're getting into conspiracy theories. Uh-uh. Having said that, um, I know Bill Gates has got this whole thing with uh, we should stop breeding and things like that. And uh, in my mind, somewhere there's a dotted line kind of connecting the two, not have any children. Well, you know, a lot of the, the biggest Marxist organizations that are out right now, and I'm not going to, uh, I want to, I'm not going to mention by name, um, <laughs> but I think our listeners, if if we have two or three, may know what I'm talking about. But anyway, some of the biggest Marxist organizations out there, one of their main goals is to dissolve the nuclear family. And by doing that, the state will then raise your children. So by pushing, you know, all this, what, one time, a couple of years ago, YouTube, when you signed up for an account, like if you were going to upload videos and stuff, you create an account, they had 52 different genders listed there that you could choose from. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think they still do that. I think it, it was a short-lived experiment. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But anyway. Experiment being the key word there. <laughs> I, well, we're all, we're all being experimented on at all times. You know, I'm not, true. I'm not like a conspiracy, th- conspiracy theorist. Um, wow. I have that same disease you have. There are certain things that just don't add up, and it's happening over and over and over, such that, you know, you can't help but that think that we really are essentially in a big Petri dish right now. Right. You know, uh, and I'm not just talking about COVID, but, you know, several things. And I'm, I'm not a young man, so I've seen a lot of this over my lifetime. And uh, with this, when I say experimenting, I really truly mean it. You know, they're experimenting on what works, what doesn't work, and what they can push and what they can't. The thing is, most of this stuff is being pushed by maybe, what, 50,000, 100,000 people? Sounds like a lot of people, but when you take that into, into consideration with, what, about 350 million people we have in the country? It's not. But they have the loudest voices. Yeah, if you, if you have the the sounding board, 
and you have the microphone, then you're able to say whatever you want, which is precisely why we're here today to kind of say our piece in that. But yeah, I do I do feel like that they try to float these things to see what's going to work, and then when it doesn't, they'll shut it down and move on to the next thing. Our news cycle is a perfect example of that. If uh, we're not talking about COVID, then we're talking about race. If we're not talking about race, then we're talking about war. If we're not talking about war, then we're talking about some celebrity or, you know, like ABC's doing these days, they're the home shopping network, so <laughs> they don't really have anything to talk about anymore. Funny thing about all this is fronted by the pharmaceutical companies, so when's the last time you really heard from any of the major three networks anything negative other than Johnson & Johnson about any type of medication? And then you watch the news, and every other commercial is about some type of medication for something that you don't know about. And we're one of two countries in the world that actually allow direct marketing to the consumer from pharmaceutical companies. Strange. Well, you know, it's, um, you know, you're talking about the, the pushing of, of certain drugs and so forth. The COVID vaccines, you know, you brought up Johnson and Johnson and, and stuff. Uh, pharmacies are being paid about $50 a shot that they give out. Okay, it seems... And that's for Pfizer and Moderna. Right. right. Johnson & Johnson, they're only getting 10 bucks. That's why Pfizer and Moderna are being pushed so much, because they're making more money. You know, and it makes sense. You're running a business. You want to do what makes money. I get that. But let's put the facts out there. Let's get the facts on the table. But again, going back to what we were talking about with science, facts don't really matter. You know, for a lot of people, it's... How I feel about it. Hmm. I feel like I need to put on my MBR voice. Yeah. You know, a friend of mine used to say that uh, feelings aren't facts. <laughs> so, yep. hmm. Well, speaking of COVID, I've got a PSA here that, that I stole off the No Agenda show. So uh, let's go ahead and play that real quick. Did you get the vaccine? No. Why? Why didn't you get it? What if you catch COVID? The vaccine doesn't stop you from catching COVID. Why are you being so selfish? What if you catch it and give it to me? But you've been vaccinated. Yeah, but you can still give it to me. What's the vaccine for then? It'll stop you from getting really sick and dying if you catch it. So if I catch it and give it to you, but you've already had the vaccine, it'll still stop you from getting really sick and dying. Exactly, that's why you should get it. That's why I should get it? but you got it already. But if you catch it, you could get sick and die. So by not getting the vaccine, the only person I'm putting at risk is myself of getting sick and dying? No, you're putting me at risk. Didn't you already get the vaccine so you won't get sick and die even if I gave it to you? But you could give it to someone who can't be vaccinated. But so could someone who's been vaccinated because the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting COVID. Just do it, okay? It's the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a coming from a... uh... TikTok video. Yeah. The girl yeah. did with herself, essentially. But, yeah, it's quite a circular argument. Well, here's the thing is, is they've politicized this shot so much. And I really don't care if you get it or not. I've got several friends who have it, and I've got several friends who haven't. And the thing is, is my choice, my body, right? Here we get into personal liberties as to where if I don't want to take it, I shouldn't have to. And nobody should force me to take it. And, okay, 
I get that. I truly do. And I, I believe exactly what you're saying. What um, occurred to me the other night, I was, I was thinking about this and these vaccine passports or vaccine cards that you have to show to get into certain places and do certain things. How is that not a HIPAA violation? How is it not a HIPAA violation for me to require, for me to be forced to show my medical status to somebody who is not in the medical profession? I have an answer for that. Go for it. And so the answer is, if you willingly give up the information, then it's all good. But if you don't give up the information, you don't get to keep your job. And so it's it, the the thing about HIPAA. When you really get deep into HIPAA, it's about insurance companies. Mm -hmm. And so HIPAA violations don't really matter until it hits the insurance companies. That's how I understand it. I could be wrong, but uh, uh, I heard a little bit about this, and I used to work for a company that did quite a bit of uh, medical records and things like that. And uh, that's the way we understood it because we looked at the records all day. We were asked about HIPAA, and we basically told them we're not an insurance company. They were fine with that. So that may have changed in the in the recent years, but you know, what it really comes down to is they're going to do the stick approach. There's no carrot in this. It's all going to be stick. You're going to get punished if you don't do this, but it's still your choice. It's still your liberty. Well, we're going we're gonna to get into a new class of oppressor and oppressed. Well, yeah, you're... <laughs> Privile- privileged and unprivileged. Like, like I heard on, on a, uh, another podcast is uh, you're going you're gonna to have the, the vaccinated water fountains and the unvaccinated water fountains. And yeah. then you're going to have special sectioned off places for that. Mm-hmm. But, but just as a clip that we, we, we just played is you can still transmit and get the, the virus even though you've been vaccinated. So for, for some people who have no comorbidities and, and have lived through this as I have and uh, perfectly healthy, uh, relatively young man with no issues, I don't see the point in putting anything in my body that, that I really don't want. Here, here again, I go back to the my body, my choice. I mean, that's what, that's what a lot of people like to say, except when it comes to this. And, and they can go ahead and, and preach about, well, you're going to be a super spreader. It's like, well, no, I'm not, because the vaccinated people can still spread the stuff. Well, you know, while they talked about that, you know, with the Sturgis event last year being a super spreader, super spreader event, and they finally tracked down that there were roughly half a million people there, and from that event, roughly a hundred cases. Uh, does that classify as super? Spreader? Well, uh, yeah, but you can't you can't believe that because that comes from a Republican state. I mean. They're oh, liars, well, yeah. cheats, and thieves, man. Exactly. They're just out for the money. <laughs> they are out for the money. So you can only believe anybody with a D behind their name. That's what I've been doing wrong all this time. Of course, I, can, I don't believe either one of them, to be honest with you, but uh, it's just whoever's getting paid that particular day, in yeah. my opinion. But. I, don't, I don't believe pretty much anybody on anything. I don't yeah. believe you half the time. <laughs> 
Yeah, politicians uh, are professional liars. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you, do you think that we're we're kind of heading for a uh, you know getting back to this no breeding everything they can do to kind of squash breeding? Mm. We kind of we kind of went off on a tangent there, but <laughs> to squash the breeding, I, I think mean, there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah, do you, do you think uh, it's an elitist conspiracy to get the flotsam? out of this world so that they can uh, rule however they want. But I do have another theory before you answer that. My yeah. other theory is that the more people can get you to depend on government, the more you'll be behind government. Because oh, absolutely. Because people forget that, that politicians or the government should fear their people. Their people shouldn't fear their government. And people forget that, and it's because we're letting them get in that position. We're letting them do it. Absolutely. Um, that they're that they're getting to this to this state. But go ahead with. Well, the problem, the thing is, um, just going on that is, you know, the old saying: that a government that uh, gives you everything can take everything. The more a government can give you, the more the control they have over what they can take away from you, in terms of rights and freedoms and liberties. If you want, you know, this, this welfare um, or this support or this subsidy or this shot, well, you know what? You're going to have to give up a little bit of freedom for that. You're going to have to give up this. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do anymore. And people just don't seem to realize that it's been getting chipped away for quite some time now. But as far as, you know, is there an elitist platform trying to maybe lower the population. I remember learning in, in high school back in the 80s that uh, we were approaching some sort of crim- critical limit. And back then, I think the U.S. population was in the, it was about 150 million. You saw commercials on TV all the time about Ethiopia. That was the big uh, country with the, the poverty and the, the starvation. And, you know, we yeah, had f- talked about... F- 50 cents a day. Yeah, 50 cents a day. <laughs> well... Yeah, while Susan uh, Struthers stood there, you know, weighing about two eighty, yeah, <laughs> she was she was not eating that that powdered stuff that they were giving out, um, or she was getting more than her fair share. I wonder what they thought when that rotund woman walked into their villages, and she, they'd be like, "Oh my God, she's a god! Look at her!" <laughs> or, boy, she'd be good in a stew. Well, that too. But yeah, um, I think it's it's been on on somebody's agenda for a long time to limit the population growth. And, you know, the more people you can get in relationships that won't have children or can have children or can only adopt children, well, you're, uh, you're going to do that, you know. Um, but you still have certain segments of the population some religions, some cultural, that will have six, seven, eight, nine kids, you know, even today. So, you know, they're having more kids than, you know, what they are. Anybody that has more than two kids is adding to the population growth. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. There's still a lot of space out there, but as we use up the space, we're going to use up resources. As we use up resources, then you're going to get the climate change people involved, and you're going to get you know, um, any other rights advocacy group that is going for rights other than human rights, 
um, is going to complain about that. Well, and that's that elitist attitude that I despise so much is we need to manage the stupid people. And that kind of goes along with this whole thing that, that they're too stupid to make their own decisions. They're too stupid to breed, yada, yada, yada. Um, too many people watched uh, Idiocracy and thought all the stupid people were going to breed over and over again and the smart people were going to disappear. The fact that you get into somebody else's business, I mean, whatever happened to mind your own damn business? Whatever happened to what happens inside my house is my business and not yours. Precisely. There's no... People talk about a, a right to privacy. There actually isn't one. Um, there is no actual right to privacy, even though that's essentially what Roe v. Wade is based on. And I'm not arguing Roe v. Wade for or against. I'm just saying it's based on an inherent right of privacy, which doesn't actually exist. But there is a certain, um, I'm trying to think of the legal way, they, they expectation of privacy. That's the way they say it. There is a certain expectation of privacy in certain things, like, you know, the, the Fourth Amendment, you know, against search and seizure, things like that. Well, you know, if we're talking about a lot of this stuff, um, it kind of falls against the Fourth Amendment, you know, with search and seizure. What happens inside my house is my business, but you don't like what's happening inside my house sooner or later somebody's going to think they can just break in and take care of that. That's kind of what's happening in Seattle. You know, you can break in and if you're doing under a thousand dollars, then you're fine. They let you go. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a breaking and entering situation, which has happened, they don't have, they don't have the castle doctrine like so many other places like Texas and in so many other States. I, I don't know. I don't know which ones have it and which ones don't, but if you enter my house, you might get shot. If you enter my house, you will get shot. <laughs> There's two, no two ways about it. Um, and I will say that I felt threatened. I don't care if it's a, you know, four foot two guy who just, I don't know, whatever, I'm going to shoot you. Well, maybe not. Four foot two? Yeah, probably not. But, <clears throat> I mean, if you're brandishing a weapon, I certainly will. Four foot two. So if a bob's coming through your door, you're going to shoot. You might have to shoot low, though. Yeah, I will. I will. But uh, I might get a few punches in first. Who knows? Um, but you are not going to go out the way you came in. <laughs> that way. Well, like we like to say in Texas, if you're going to try to kill me, I'm going to try to kill you back. <laughs> I, I can't remember the exact case. There was a case in Texas several years ago where uh, a guy had shot and killed someone and in his uh in his defense he looked at the judge and said your honor that man just needed killing <laughs> i can't disagree That's, with that that sounds like a texas case to me yeah all right uh so i think we beat this one to death uh let's yeah. uh let's talk about some uh, woke stuff that we've seen on the news today like uh patagonia boycott ski resort after Republican fundraiser Jim Jordan and Mallory, oh Marjorie Green, sorry, mm-hmm. don't know who these people are, and they said the reason why is for protecting planet values. 
Oh, okay. So okay, who decides what those values well, are? Hold on. In this, in this company, they sell sporting equipment and clothing. They do. Yes. Who cares? I do not own anything made by them. I have never owned anything made by them. It has nothing to do with this, but I will never buy anything from them because of this. While you ponder that for a minute and go ahead and expound on that, let me see where most of their stuff is made. And I bet you it's not in Patagonia. I wonder if any of their profits get funneled to Patagonia, which is down in South America. It's a very desolate area. Um, I wonder if any of their profits get funneled there for the the indigent people uh, that live there and, uh, you know, could use that help. I'm guessing not. I'm really getting tired of companies telling me how I should feel, think, and act. You know, if I want to buy your products, I will. Don't tell me what, don't tell me how to use your products, as a matter of fact. You know, you can give me a user's manual or something, but if I have a different use for that, I might do that. You know, it doesn't matter. I am not a fan of, of, I used Gillette razors for years. Uh, probably the last 30 years I've used Gillette razors until they decided that uh, they were going to be anti-masculine toxicity (laughs) and essentially make it seem like every man has some sort of toxic behavior. Uh, Yeah, I I would, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody to say I had a toxic behavior towards women. Toxic Okay, yeah, I can be toxic at times. Not like what they're talking about. I, I just, I don't want any type of propaganda, whether I agree with it or not, forced down my throat by the companies I purchase things from. Well, it looks like a great deal of their stuff is uh, made in China. Uh, wow. So during the early years, they source stuff from U.S. Uh, looks like they don't make their own things. They do conduct and matching benchmark document of active membership with fair labor associations and international labor organization. So as long as they got the piece of paper, no matter what happens in the factories with Mm -hmm. their children and political prisoners making these things like Nike and Mm. Apple, people who virtue signal usually wear these products Hey, now, they're getting their $2.32 a day. <laughs> it's not slavery. Yes. Well, I, I like technically. The, this this document you brought up on, uh, on Patagonia, I love how it says, qualified American factories are tough to find. I don't know. There's a whole industry out there that, like, builds factories. North Carolina, South Carolina, aren't these areas pretty much uh, mills that create fabrics and things like that. I mean, I heard them. A lot of them actually have closed down in the last several years, um, so they could be just taken over. And they've already got the facilities there. Why not? But then again, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You were talking about, like, the Carolinas and and areas like that um, are not states where unions really thrive. Oh. Oh, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, and they can't get the cheap labor. They can't pay somebody, you know, $2 a week, Mm -hmm. $5 a week to uh, 
sew these things together so that they can virtue signal to us how good they are and how they shouldn't be supporting, you know, like freedom of speech. And they work with these Chinese companies who don't allow freedom of speech. Hmm. Seems a little suspect to me. I'd like some of these people to actually visit some of these countries for an extended period of time. I lived in a socialist country for eight years. I've seen this stuff firsthand. You know, it's not... Well, you know, then again, I'm sorry, I forgot, I failed to mention, these are countries that do socialism wrong. <laughs> Which ones do them right? It hasn't been Can- done yet. Canada. Canada, Canada does, does socialism, socialism right. right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have like a population of... What, what Canada... I, okay, hold on. I don't want to be misquoted... So I am actually going to look up Canada's population. It's tiny. Well, you can be fined a lot for uh, hurting somebody's feelings up there. So there's no freedom of speech in Canada. I want to remind people Canada's not that great. I remember all these uh, people who said that if this person or that person were going to get elected, that they were going to move to Canada or move overseas, and they're still here. I know. What the hell? I mean, I'd help them pack. Some of them, some of them I would buy their ticket and pay for their moving all of it yeah uh yeah canada's population is 37.59 million people as of 2019 so we'll just say 38 million people that's smaller than some of our states Hmm. see socialism if done correctly there is a correct way to do it and that's to you know keep out all the well the politicians really um, but you know, there's no way to, to stop the corruption. There's just not, there's too much power to be had. You can't stop the corruption, but if socialism was to be done correctly as, as it was first, I, uh, when it was just an idea before anybody actually tried to implement it, it has to be a small community in a larger population. It can never work. It can never be self-supporting. A, a large population can never be self-supporting. So if a country of 38 million people, and trust me, there are a lot of Canadians pissed off about what their government does. If they can't do it, then how can a country of 350 million people do it? And you were talking about getting arrested or fined or whatever in Canada for stuff. You can actually get arrested for misgendering somebody. <laughs> well, we've probably been knocking on our doors what the... Royal Mounted Police would be at our door right now. Dudley do right himself. That'd be fun. Mm. He might get shot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, somebody shows up in a red jacket in my house, they're probably going to get shot. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Castle Doctrine states that from my mailbox to the back of my property is my castle, so I think I'm good. Yeah, it depends on on what, uh, what state you're in. I remember growing up, and I don't remember if it was... Ohio or Indiana, one or the other. One, you could shoot them if they were on your property, period. The other one, if you shot them when they were crawling out your window or they were crawling in and they fell outside, drag their ass inside because they have to be in your house. (laughs) Doesn't sound like a hard choice to make. No, no, I will drag a body. Not that I have much. Hmm. Um. Yeah, let's move on from that. <laughs> yeah. So let's look at some news today. 
So one of the first things that I want to bring up is uh, Biden bails on Afghanistan and goes on vacation immediately and doesn't know what day it is, leaves billions of dollars of equipment, drones, tanks, planes, guns, ammo. China's moving in for minerals, Russia for a pipeline. And what about the airport in Kabul? Kabul. Kabul. Kabul? Uh. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot there to unpack. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that when uh, Biden ordered the withdrawal and there was a press conference, which, of course, he didn't take any questions uh, because he Did doesn't. he know he was there? That's debatable. I don't uh, think he you, knew you know, he actually, was there. Actually, I read a poll this morning, uh, and I'm not a big believer in polls. Actually, I don't really believe them much, but when they when they weigh towards what I like, I'll mention them. Um, this one said that 52% of Americans... Polls are only good in strip clubs, but exactly. anyway. <laughs> um, it said 52% of Americans believe that Biden is not even running the country anymore, that it's all his staff that's doing it all. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a figurehead. Oh, and I thought yeah. that from the beginning. And I thought they... Uh, okay. Here is Dean's hold on, hold conspiracy on. Did, theory of did, the day. Didn't they murder his dog? Like that dog that he had and said, Trump doesn't have a dog, but yeah. but Biden does. And then they ended up murdering the dog? Yeah, of course. Yeah, because he probably peed on Biden's leg. Um, <laughs> Jill, okay. did, Jill didn't like the dog. It pooped in the house. And she well, said, dog's got to go. Doc, Kill that Dr. thing. Dr. Jill, yeah. Um, she, well, she's a doctor, so she knew what to do. Yeah, I'm thinking, I was thinking... Before he was even elected, that they were putting him forward because they couldn't, they, they were positive they could not get Kamala Harris to win the presidency. Oh, that's for sure. Absolutely. She couldn't even, she was the bottom pick in the Democratic uh, primaries. I mean, she dropped out early because nobody liked her. Nobody still likes her. So they brought in Biden, who's addled at best. And once he hits uh, two years in office and he drops out, she becomes president and he drops out because of whatever reason, you know, there's a lot of theories on how that's going to happen. But once he hits two years, she gets to run for two more terms. If it's before two years, she can only run for one more term. These people actually believe that if... She becomes the president by whatever means. She will be able to retain the presidency. Well, and that's the theory that I have, conspiracy theory, yeah. is that people can justify anything as long as the ends justify the means. Absolutely. So to get Trump or any other Republican out of, out of office, they'd be willing to do anything and say anything mm-hmm. to make that happen now let the conspiracy theories ensue after that. But uh, just to let you know, this morning they've caught ballot harvesting in California for Newsom's recall. Of course. I I don't, I'm not saying that that happened, but uh, it just seems like if ends justify the means, uh, it sounds like you'd be willing to really twist up your, your belief system just to get what you want. Absolutely. You know, um, we can, as humans, we can justify just about anything. 
if we think it's going to, in the end, benefit us or even more, benefit the majority of people. We think it will. You know, we don't, you know, I think people generally are kind, decent people. Or they believe they are. So they're trying to do, they try to do kind and decent things. The problem is they go about it in, in completely the wrong way. They just don't realize it because they're looking at the end goal and not seeing what's going to happen in between. And they believe other people, you know, believe as they do. So the problem is, and I've said this for years, a person is really, really smart. People are dumb, hurting animals. You know, they will follow, people will follow versus lead in the heartbeat. Yeah. Um, and they will follow anybody who has a good story to tell. Now, that's, this is one of the reasons. How often do you see Kamala Harris in the news? Never. Well, she was on yesterday. I did, I, okay, she was yeah. gone for six yeah, days, right. missing. There was a whole news article about it that, that nobody had seen her for six days. Uh, and then, yeah, I saw something this morning. She's getting on an airplane. Yeah, she was standing behind Biden when he was taking, responsi- taking responsibility, air quotes, mm-hmm. for uh, the screw-up in Afghanistan. And, and let's, let's remember, oh. how, I mean, how many people are there right now that... Americans that are stuck there, they're civilians? 10 to 15,000 is the last I heard. Not to mention probably hundreds of thousands of Afghanis who have helped or family members of people who have helped the United States forces who are going to be killed. Yeah, and the report is, as of this morning, is the Taliban's going door to door looking for those who helped uh, the U.S. or U.N. forces. And they're calling them out and then having their families call them out. And then they're talking about if they don't turn themselves in, they're going to go to their families. Well, I mean, okay, here's just a a touch of their brutality. They force people to let them stay in their homes, force the women to cook for them. And um, they set an Afghani woman on fire because her cooking was bad. Oh. Yeah. They set her on fire because her cooking wasn't good enough. That's no bueno. Not really. I know some people that. It's not like a Taliban barbecue. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not not Mongolian, but Taliban barbecue. Taliban barbecue, yeah. Wow. Well, why don't they do stuff like that here? Because, I mean, I'd like to just get a tank or a plane for free. I mean, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. Billions of dollars worth of equipment. And then enough to arm their new revolution. I mean, this is the Taliban. These are the people that we negotiated leaving with. These are the people we attacked before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the good Taliban now? Is that what we're talking about? Well, it's, it's like that good socialism. Uh, well, okay. There's uh, Khalil al-Rahman Haqqani. Say that ten times. Yeah. Uh, leader of the Taliban um, officiated, uh, sorry, a leader of the Taliban affiliated Haqqani network. And he's a U.S. designated terrorist with a $5 million bounty. Uh, he delivered the sermon the other day to a large congregation at a huge mosque in Kabul while wearing U.S. military gear and carrying an M16. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. This is. These are the people that Biden said don't have the capability of taking over. That 
we would not have helicopters leaving the embassy. Well, the other day, we had helicopters evacuating people from the embassy. Yeah, and I heard it was raining men the other yeah. day, too. <laughs> C5As dropping people yeah. off of there because they were so desperate to get out of there. I, I don't know. It's We live in the greatest country on the planet, and it just it just amazes me that we've gotten so soft as a nation that we can't look around and see how other countries oppress their people and we bitch about it. Now, I believe people have the right to bitch. Oh, absolutely. As long as you keep it on your side of the street. Absolutely. You know, that's the libertarian in me saying, my rights stop where yours begin and yours stop where mine begin. You know, stay on your side of the street, mind your own damn business. Absolutely. You can bitch all you want, complain all you want, protest all you want, peacefully. You can protest all you want. I, I was in the Army. I believe in those rights. I fought for those rights. Just because you don't like a certain part of the system doesn't mean that everybody else has to change to fit your idea. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. When was the last time you heard of somebody wanting to escape the United States? Well, I hear people talk about it all the time, how bad of a place this is and how racist it is and systemically racist. Last time I checked, I didn't own any slaves, but I, no, I, really. I, something might have, I might have lost something there, but I hadn't bought any people in a while. Uh, no, I, uh, I haven't been to a slave auction in quite some time. Hmm. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, the, the mental image... <clears throat> That popped in my head is just not not good. Uh, I won't describe it. Um, yeah, uh, because I am an oppressive individual, apparently. Oh, jeez! But you know, everything just seems to everything seems to be changing, and I have no problem with change itself if it's going to benefit me, obviously, because I'm selfish like that. But you know, it benefits everybody. I can see that, and I'm good with change, but change just for the sake of change, which seems like that's been the Democratic platform for the last 30 years, change for the sake of change. You know, just politicians run on a platform of, I'm going to change everything. They don't tell you what they're going to change it to. They don't even tell you what they're going to change, just that they're going to change. Hello, IT. Have you tried turning it off and on again? And now it's time for tech news. All right. Let's talk about some tech and politics at the same time. Isn't that fun? Um, Hold on. Didn't we just do politics? We did. Oh. I have a feeling that that's going to kind of go through the entire... Yeah, it is. All right. Well, you know, well... We are a tech show, right? We are. I don't... This is about cyber attacks, but yes. Okay. We will allow it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, no, is this that um, now this was reported about a week ago that uh, Biden said that, let me quote him, I think it's more than likely we're going to end up, if we end up in a war, a real shooting war with a major power. It's going to be in a consequence of a cyber breach of great consequence. He likes that word. And it's increasingly, exponentially, the capabilities. I love how he just 
stops in the middle of a sentence. He said that, you know, when he was talking to uh, some intel agencies, and he also followed that up with, I will never politicize the work you do. You have my word on that. <laughs> it's too important for our country. So, yeah, he will never... Pol- he, he will politicize everything. He's a politician. That's what they all. That's what they all do. I don't care what letter they have after their name. So essentially, he says, a cyber breach of consequence, whatever that word means to him, that day, um, would could start a major shooting war with a major power. So we're talking China, Russia, you know, those types of super. Uh, those are the only major powers left in the world. What constitutes consequence? Because in recent weeks, the U.S. State Department was hit by a cyber attack. Really? The State Department, yeah. The uh, U.S. State Department was reportedly hit by a cyber attack, and notifications of potential serious breach were made by the Department of Defense Cyber Command. But they also said... Cyber Cyber Command. Cyber Command. Isn't that cool? It's, it's so cool. Where do you work? I work at Cyber Command. Yeah. It sounds like a cartoon. Cyber Command. But a knowledgeable source told Reuters that the State Department has not experienced significant disruptions and has not had to its operations impeded in any way. Yeah. Okay. Then what was this cyber attack? They don't say what that was. But apparently, it's not of consequence because we're not in a major shooting war now. Hmm. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of empty words. Every time you turn on the news, they're talking about the cyber or crypto pandemic. Hmm. Uh, I got news for you folks that aren't tech people. This has been going on for years. Decades. Crypto viruses, we've been dealing with those for a long, long time. And just because some infrastructure folks have gotten hit with it, because major corporations, they look at IT people as a necessary evil. Give them as little resources as possible because they're not a profit center. They're a cost center. So let's give them as little as possible and let's hire them cheaply as possible Let's not throw any tech at it. Now, I'm a big believer in throwing money at tech. The more security operation software that you have to detect, the better that, you're, that you are. Uh, you can't stop everything. Nothing's impenetrable. But you can stop the low-hanging fruit with defense in depth. So if you've got a system that stops intruders at the firewall level and then you have it at the host level, you're going to become a harder target. You're not the low-hanging fruit anymore. And the hacker's going to give up because they're easier targets, like uh, Colonial Pipeline, for example. (laughs) Let's uh, let's attack infrastructure. Yeah. I like that word. That's the new buzzword, infrastructure. Yeah, infrastructure. You know, and I heard a comment not too long ago is... is, uh, you're, you're going to shut shut our power plants down. We're going to shut yours down. I don't think that's the way we should probably handle that. Maybe we should, uh, I don't know, invest a little bit into our cybersecurity, like uh, ERCOT yeah. and and in 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 uh, your area in the Carolinas is Duke Power. You know, it's these these people who have PLCs that are online. You know, that can shut the the water off to nuclear 
reactors and shut the cooling down, uh, maybe we should not put those on the internet, wouldn't you think? I would think that, you know, you wouldn't want those accessible. Um, when I was in the Army, that's essentially what we did. Our, our network that we worked on had no outside access. You just couldn't get to it. Yeah, air-gapped. You know, yeah, it was air-gapped. Right. So, you know, it kind of makes it impossible for, unless you have a, you know, a bad actor inside, um, it's impossible to get corrupted. Hmm. To your point of throwing money at IT, I have the same mindset as you with that, but I've been, you know, I've been in IT since 1987, from everything from mainframes down to PCs and just about every type of system in between. And I've always said, if you're in IT, you're one of two things, invisible or in trouble. When everything's working well, nobody knows your name. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you get people stopping you in the hallway going, do you work here? Yeah. But when something goes wrong, you know, my phone would never stop ringing. It's people your banging, ass. People banging on my door, and it's all my fault. You know, even though a lot of times I was holding data centers, entire data centers together with, Band-Aids and, and scotch tape, you know, just trying to keep everything running. So, you know, it's, it's considered a cost center, and that's the wrong consideration, in my opinion. Well, and not to get on a soapbox, but it's not in the budget, is not is an adequate answer until you do have a breach. And then once you have a breach, then it's like, well, who's to blame? Who's to blame for this? That must be the IT guy. He must have done something wrong. And you got this poor IT guy. He he doesn't sleep. He works weekends. Uh, he's understaffed all the time, and they wonder why these things happen. It's it's just it's it's crazy the the amount of ignorance that goes on. Now the regulators have really tried to bring this to the C-suite and the directors. You know by having cybersecurity training and these reports and stuff, which they don't read. They have no interest in these things. I've seen it. I know that they have zero interest in looking at any of this stuff or assessing risk. They want to see pie charts. Where are we? Where do we compete with our peers? And let's not do any more than our peers. Well, the only problem with that is water finds its own level. So if all your peers are doing next to nothing, you're going to do next to nothing. <laughs> I mean, we, we have these cyber attacks every single day. You can pull up maps. Kaspersky has one that I don't know how real it is. But anyway, it, it, just, it just kind of visualizes how many attacks go on constantly. Is it just put a computer in a DMZ zone, and you can see how much it gets hit on a... On a daily basis, port scanning is going on 24-7. So if an administrator forgets to configure something to baseline configurations, all of a sudden that machine is getting attacked and you, you start getting brute force attacks that passes through to your domain controllers. And I may be getting a little too in the weeds <laughs> for some of the folks out there, but... Uh, There's going to be some people that, that uh, in our three listeners, you know, there will be one of them <laughs> that will understand some of this. If nothing else, I'm going to re-listen to this, so I'll understand. Yeah. You know, to, to make a blanket statement like that is uh, at least to say ill-advised to threaten other countries with war based on something that a bad actor can do. You know, a lot of these that you see on the news, they say Russia, 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 Russia. It's always Russia. Mm -hmm. Russia's the bad guy. 
which isn't necessarily true. You know, China, North Korea, Iran, Iran, all these countries have cyber intelligence, and they're always trying to break in, trying to see where they can get in. It only takes one misconfigured device, a firewall, a computer, somebody doing something that they're not supposed to do, clicking on an email that asks for their credentials to log on to Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're breached, somebody's in their network, somebody's gaining elevated privileges, and then you have a cryptovirus that shuts everything down. Now, one interesting note is a lot of these companies carry cybersecurity insurance, but OFAC will not allow you to pay out to OFAC-listed countries. Uh Uh-huh. So what good does that paying the ransom do for you if you can't pay the ransom? So you'll go to jail if you pay that OFAC country. The FBI will come knocking at your door. Yeah. You know, a lot of these hackers are actually really good at what they do. Um, And they're really good at making it look like it came from somewhere else. You know, it's not, it's not hard to spoof and make it look like, make it look like it come from somewhere else. There are guys who are really good at this stuff who can sit in Iran and make it look like it came from Russia. And we will look at Russia as being the bad actor because we already have that opinion of them. So, you know, do we though? <laughs> mm, Some people do. Some people do. You know, but there's you know, there are guys sitting in a basement in Romania who can make us believe that we've been attacked by China in a cyber attack. Very true. You know, I uh, I dealt with, I, I worked for NATO in the nineties and I was helping a lot of the countries back then that were trying to join NATO. I was working with guys from Romania and the Ukraine who their average annual salary there was like $220. And these guys had as much knowledge about these computer systems as any college graduate in the United States. I mean, they were... Probably more. Probably, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Depending on the college, uh, yeah, definitely more. Um, Back then, though, you know, I would hire systems engineers with English degrees, but they were good at what they did. <clears throat> you know, the degree itself didn't really matter much to me. But, uh, yeah, they could, it's, it's... They could it's, write... They, they were good at documentation. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were. And you need those, because I'm not. Um, most systems guys really aren't lovers of documentation, or writing it anyway. We'll read it all day long. Hey, I fixed it. What do you want? Yeah, it works. What'd you do? I fixed it. All right, cool. Um, you wouldn't understand me anyway. I think we beat this horse pretty pretty well. Um, oh, I wanted to bring up the uh, the whole iMessage hashing of the CSAM database of child porn and all that. Uh, Scott, you wanted to talk about that a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, you know they're 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 going through this uh, database, and uh, my problem with this is not not what they're trying to do initially; it's where it's going to develop into. So child porn bad, child porn bad. But here's the problem: if you're collecting all this information and you have all this information on people, what are you going to do with it next? And who are you going to sell it to? Now we need to remember that these big tech companies. 
They make more of their money on advertising than anything else. Mm-hmm. Google, they basically give you stuff. If they're giving you things, you're the product. So if it's free, you're the product. Always remember that. Nothing comes for, for free. They're getting your data, your statistics, where you go, what you do, what you buy. And they use that data to sell things to you and to track you and to sell your information to other people, including the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. So my problem with this, with Apple, is, yeah, they're doing a good thing up front, and they're, they're checking these hashes and on these pictures going backwards, not forwards, but they're going backwards. And uh, they can they can find these porn pictures uh, based on hash. Now, hash is a one-way function, MD5 uh, hash function. So it's non-reversible. A lot of passwords are put in MD5 hash and stored that way and then salted, you know, re-encrypted on top of that. And so with a lot of these single sign-on uh, solutions, they're only transmitting a hash that matches up to your password. So having said that, if one thing changes within that, then that hash changes. So you could go in and edit these pictures, uh, save the resolution a little bit different. The hash is, is, is totally different uh, on that. Well, that's good for stuff that's out there. It doesn't mean you can't, if you're, if you're smart enough, you can't get around this, this hash function. I just, I see it as... Either they're trying to do something really good with a bad execution or they're masking this as mass data gathering. And that's just that's just how I look at it. I might be a little paranoid. Of course, I am a little paranoid. I'm a, a lot paranoid. But <laughs> a, little, a little more than I am. That's, that's why I live in a, a abandoned missile silo. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it just seems to me is this is a ploy to get your information. You know, it's a it's a bad mode of hiding under a good one. Um, yeah, okay. I I hadn't looked at the, the whole demographic issue of it, you know, getting the information and selling that information because, you know, demographics have always been a huge game. You know, that's there's always been a lot of money in demographics. Um, matter of fact, a lot of times you'll get uh, emails that are spam or uh, phone calls that are recordings that, you know, want to tell you that your car warranty is expired or whatever. A lot of those are literally just seeing if you'll pick up the phone, seeing if you'll answer the phone. And if you do, it sets a flag. And now they know that's a phone number that somebody will answer. So then they sell that number to a bunch of other people. Um, so that's actually big business, but I was looking at this whole um, Apple hashing sis, uh, scenario in a little different way. If they can check your messages, essentially, it's like okay for those that having trouble understanding, it's like the whole metadata thing. You know, the the NSA says they only save metadata. So <laughs> yeah. Well, in this scenario, Apple doesn't actually get your message. They just, they're just scanning it to see if there is a known child pornographic image or video in there. Um, that's what that hash is. Well, if they can do that, they can create a hash for any document in the world. For anything that you can send, they can make a hash for and then watch for it. So this opens the door 
for, you know, all kinds of essentially illegal search and seizure. Now, trust me, anybody who has anything to do with child porn whatsoever should be strung up by their testicles, okay, or their labia, because I'm not being gender specific and um, equal opportunity. That's racist. It is, it is. I was going to take that and, and, you know, lead it into the new, the new PayPal and uh, ADL, Anti-Defamation League, cooperation. They've signed a, a collaboration between the two where PayPal and ADL have launched this research effort, as, as they call it, to address the urgent need. Listen to this. Let me read this to you. Through this collaboration, PayPal and ADL have launched a research effort to address the urgent need to understand how extremist and hate movement throughout the United States are attempting to leverage financial platforms to fund criminal activity. To who? Who's defining what is a hate group? Well, I'm guessing the ADL because they uh, are considered the uh, leading center on extremism. I thought it was the Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, they work. They work together a lot. They probably got a lot of the same people on on their boards. So basically, people I disagree with. Pretty much. Oh, okay. Much. I see how that. Works. Um, these are people that will absolutely disagree with you on many many fronts, um, and me. I like how they write this to address the urgent need to understand how extremists and hate movements throughout the United States are attempting to leverage financial platforms to fund criminal activity. When I read that, okay, and maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like they're calling extremism and hate movements criminal activity. Mm. You know, they're looking at these groups that they considered extremists or hate movements. You know, they're addressing their criminal activity. Now, are they talking about, okay, if this hate group is using PayPal to commit a crime, okay, I'm all for that. Not the way they're doing it, but I'm all for taking down anybody that's committing crimes. I'm good with that. <clears throat> but just being an extremism, extremist group or a hate movement, which I don't think I'm part of either of those, depending on your definition, I guess. But just being that, is that a criminal activity? It says that uh, by identifying partners across sectors with common goals and complementary resources, we can make an even greater impact than any of us could do on our own. That's the chief risk officer at PayPal. We're excited to partner with the ADL and other nonprofits and law enforcement to, in our fight against hate in all its forms. There's the they key, didn't, they didn't law say, enforcement. Well, they didn't say in our fight against criminal activity. Mm. Our fight against hate. Now, who defines hate? You know, well, that definition can be different for, if you put 10 people in a room, you could have 20 different definitions. That's very subjective. Exactly. Uh, well, what I consider hate, would, would you, and vice versa. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, and, are we talking speech? Are we talking actions? Are we, you know... There's so loosely, well, it's undefined, really. Mm-hmm. But it's so loosely based, you know, is, is hate speech now going to be a criminal activity? It is in Canada. Hate speech in Canada is a crim- is criminal activity. You will be fined and or arrested for whatever is deemed hate speech at the moment. 
Well, yeah, and let's let's look at what this really does is it controls the one thing that will that you'll be obedient to. It controls your money. Mm-hmm. And I heard that they were also talking about moving this into uh, banking too, not just PayPal, but into banking. And so you could be um, canceled even with your money, mm-hmm. which a, a lot of voices have been canceled because they were considered or they were deemed not considered, but they were deemed hate speech, which again is very subjective. Wait, wait a minute. Cancel culture is not a real thing, is it? It's just an idea. Uh, <laughs> you want to control people, mess with their money. You know, it's uh, you, you yeah. can you can look at the laws. You can murder somebody and get manslaughter do 3 years. Wire fraud, 35 years. So you you can kill people, mm-hmm. but if you mess with their money, you're in trouble. I don't know. There, there's just so many laws on the books that they say once you leave your house, you commit two felonies a day. <laughs> so uh, it's it's kind of hard to navigate. And since I'm not a lawyer, I'm not even going to try. But um, yeah, this is a bad move all the way around. But I will stand behind uh, the self-correcting theory: is uh, you know, go woke, go broke. Yeah. Once, once the once the money stops, and we've seen a lot of companies do this lately. Once the money stops, they reverse position quickly. And this this really gets into this other thing: the the ESG for for investing, environmental, social governance. So what they're trying to do, and I've I've heard this in in companies that I've worked for. They're they're really talking about it now is these millennial investors are really looking for companies that they can virtue signal with mm-hmm. in their portfolio. So you're you're going to get this ESG score credit. I'm not exactly sure how it works yet, but uh, you're, it's basically what China's doing is a social credit score for your right. company. And what they're trying to force is these companies to prove that they're on board with environmental and social issues. And if they're not, their their desirability as far as a stock, uh, which in turn would bring the stock prices down, will go away. So, I mean, basically any company that wants to make money, they're going to do this. And they're, they're going to do programs like your favorite... You know, critical race theory. I need to, gonna... I need to bow down and, and apologize for my oppressive behavior and and and, you know... Make restitution. Well, the, the, the document last week was leaked from Bank of America that critical race theory, they're, they're teaching critical race theory at Bank of America. So these, these corporate entities, they're going to get on board with this, and they're going to they're gonna push it, and they're going to force other companies to do it, which in turn will trickle down to their employees. They're basically going to indoctrinate their employees like schools are trying to get indoctrinated. The unfortunate part is money's involved. Once money's involved, they're going to follow the money. It's always followed the money. In this, got to be able to buy my groceries. Yeah, and ESG, which is sitting at the top, they're going to be making the most mm-hmm. because this is just like carbon credits. So <laughs> I can see your eyes rolling now. <laughs> but, I can hear them roll. <laughs> the only people who are going to make any money or be taken care of are the people at the top. 
and those are the people who are going to make the money, and the rest of us are going to, those of us that are working Joes, we're going to be the ones who suffer for this and have to have to uh, abide by these things, you know, tongue in cheek. You know, I, I can I can see it right now. These these meeting rooms where they're teaching this critical race theory and environmental credits and all this other stuff. I can see them going, yeah, 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 we buy it. We buy it. I mean, if you're in the corporate world, this is what you do. Mm-hmm. We buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're going home and talking to their to their wives and children and spouses and, and going, you wouldn't believe the crap we're having to do at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like they believe it. They All they care about is the bottom line. And they're a business. They should care about the bottom line. I get that. The problem is, you know, the pendulum always swings back. It swings one way, and then it swings the other. Right now, it's swinging so far that when it swings back, it's going to be a a cataclysm of retribution. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I mean, I don't see, you know, shootings in the streets, you know, all-out civil war. Um, But... You know, it's gonna it's, when it swings back, it's gonna come back hard and fast, and a lot of this stuff's gonna be just wiped out. But I mean, what you were talking about with social credit score, ESG, um, all that, and and the the money will remain at the top, or actually be funneled even more to the top. That sounds like socialism to me. I mean, that's how it is in a socialist country. The workers become worker bees. And a lot of them don't get to choose what job they get. It's just whatever happens to be available, you get told that you have to go work there. You know, and then your taxes. There's no, yeah, there's no filing for deductions at the end of the year. They just take a chunk of your pay, and that's it. You know, you don't get a refund check if you've paid too much because there is no too much. Uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy, but you know I see this Apple initiative with the hashing playing in with his PayPal ADL cooperation, so now they can start looking for particular documents or pictures or you know particular particular files that are getting transferred through iMessage, and now they can flag those people. Because, you know, maybe they're hate mongers. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're extremists. Ding, ding. <laughs> so, you know, and... and I, think I, got, be, I think I got triggered by that one. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, um, this partnership between PayPal and ADL, they keep talking about the fact that, you know, they're looking for criminal activity. And then they, all they talk about is extremism and hate. So, it's... But it's all, it's all about money, and it's all about shaming. I mean, for, for some reason, this, this has become the sword of the next generation is this whole shaming movement. And, uh, okay, <laughs> don't care. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, um, you have every right in the world to be offended by what I do or what I say. No. But I don't have to care. I don't have to recognize this. No. I really don't. Um, no. And uh, really don't give a shit about your feelings. Whoops. Said one. Oops. Oh, no. Oh. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Well, we went this long without saying something 
cursy. But, <laughs> uh, anyway. uh, I may have. Is that it for your tech news? Uh, that's all I got for now. All oh, right. actually, actually, no. Oh, one more. Windows 11. Why is there going to be a Windows 11? Weren't we told that Windows 10 would be the last operating system? Yeah, but they need more money. Oh. New features. Uh, Better that, than the last ones. Yes. Although I but hear I remember, that... I remember when Windows 10 came out, It was this will be the last operating system. We will just... Subscription-based. Yeah, we, yeah. Will, we will make it subscription-based. We will uh, make it so that updates will just come you know, across the internet, download to your computer, and it'll update. You will never have to have another operating system again. Well, I know it's not Bill doing this because he's not even involved anymore. He's too busy uh, getting shots and, and buying uh, companies that do PCR tests. Oh, and getting divorced because... Well, that's true, too. His wife is pissed about all the time he spent with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. After, about that. after he was formally indicted for uh, a lot of the stuff he was into. Well, he was just looking for new business. That's what it was. Uh. That's why they go to Pedophile Island. So, <laughs> But, yeah, you hear that uh, the new Windows 11 is going to look like a Mac. It's going to have a dock bar. Wow. That's what I hear. I haven't seen it yet, so I may be speaking out of turn, but we'll, we'll see it soon enough because uh, just like every corporation to stay up with regulations, you have to have operating systems that are not deprecated, and boy, that's a scam too. We're not going to offer patches for this anymore. Mm-hmm. Your operating system will be deprecated, so you must buy the new one. You will no longer get any support from us unless yeah. you pay us more money. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a scam there. That's all I want to say about Windows 11. (laughs) We'll have more news on that when it comes out and we get it in here to test, maybe run it up on a VM. That way we can crash it and blow it up and won't uh, affect the soundboard. So uh, let's uh, move on to a little gear. So this is our premiere episode. I said premiere. Premiere. I used a big word. You did. I'm so proud of you. So, um, they grow up so fast because I'm lazy. Uh, instead of taking all my uh musical gear that I own and piecing it all together to do this podcast, went out and bought a uh, uh, Rode Podcaster Pro, which uh, actually is working out pretty good. Yeah, the reason why I bought it to be lazy is everything was already set up, so it's it's working, it's working pretty good. So, again. It's always good to throw money at IT. The more money you throw at it, the better it works. So, um, unless you're solar winds. But anyway, we won't get into that. Um, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Um, so, seems to be working pretty good. But uh, I guess I, I, you know, I'm a little vague on this. But, and, and tried to look it up a little bit. Uh, Zuckerberg working on this uh, VR type um Spaces now. I know he's got a meeting space that he's trying to use, and this was done for basically for the pandemic. That you're going to have workspaces that are in VR, and and uh, he's trying to get like a uh, I don't know if you saw Ready Player One, but yeah, kind yeah. of that. Uh, I think every nerd has seen that anyway. So I watched it a couple if of times. Nerd, if you're a nerd and you haven't seen it yet, Ready Player One, you must see it. It's like requirement. 
And if you grew up in the 80s, it's definitely a must because there are oh, yeah. so, so many references to the 80s. That, that, it is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So if you're old like us, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you probably uh, want to watch that one. But it uh, looks like old Zucky, uh, the uh, uh, paranoid android, <laughs> uh, really wants to get us into uh, doing this. And, uh, you know, there, there was a... Uh, Show I, I saw not too long ago might have been Black Mirror or something like that, where where the people were basically on bikes all day generating power, and they used their money to buy digital things like hats and and stuff for their for their uh, uh, avatars. Emo- avatars, yeah, yeah. And and I kind of see this as where where Zuck's going, is he wants to sell this stuff. It's already started. I don't know if you guys have been on the Steam store for for gaming, but a lot of these, a lot of these online gaming stores have this stuff where you can dress up your avatars. I know Xbox Live's had it forever, mm-hmm. and you actually pay physical money to get a digital asset. And I find this completely ridiculous. It really is, um, but it works. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, it's like they keep doing it over and over. Yeah, I guess. I guess this is the new uh, the new trade for the millennials that have their groceries delivered. They don't buy anything. They rent everything. They Uber. They don't learn how to drive till they're eighteen years old. I mean, what is going on there? Their whole life is within their condo or really apartment or their parents' basement until they're about thirty. Well, that's true, too. There's a lot of that going on now. I could not wait to get away from my parents. I don't understand this at all. 11 days after my 18th birthday, I left for the Army. This must be a Gen X thing, because it's like, get me out of here, get me a car, where I can get away from these old people, (laughs) and I don't have to deal with them anymore. I know, they were like 40. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this is kind of where I see the underlying... Uh, scam is that we sell these digital assets and you know with you're in technology you know in, with digital assets these things come and go every three years yeah and you spent money on what i think the software companies did it a long time ago when they started doing uh digital only downloads and not giving you physical media yeah. something you couldn't yeah. hold on to anymore this this really brought into you know if if we decide we're going to stop supporting it we just don't let you access it anymore and yeah. you can't download it anymore so if your computer goes bad tough luck buddy you're screwed yeah, yeah. with terms of service uh, I don't know if people know this but to violate a terms of service is a federal offense <laughs> so all those things that you agree wait a to wait a minute you're supposed to read those yeah. Yeah, like anybody does. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't read them. I just, I next, yeah, get me on to the next thing, man. Let me play this yeah. game. Let me let me use this app, whatever it is. But it actually is a federal offense if you violate the terms of service. And so they can put anything in there. And, of course, we're not reading them because we're not lawyers. We have mm-hmm. no idea what we're doing. And so we click on them, and then we get these digital assets that are going to be here for a minute, and we spent good, hard-earned cash on it. I mean, that's that's just the way I see it. And and the value is in the beholder, right? Mm-hmm. So it's only worth what people are willing to pay for it. It just seems like the younger generation, they are on board. Absolutely. Well, a lot of these uh, role-playing games, these MMO 
R, what is it, M-O-O-R- Imporg or, yeah, yeah. Imporg or whatever they Massively are. multiplayer online role-playing games. Um, you know, a lot of those, they have millions of players. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those will sell, you know, a, a $2 item, digital item. And they're going to get a large percentage of those people paying that $2. Well, I have a big problem with that pay to win. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's, that's a, what you're doing. That's a you know, that's you're buying weapons. You're buying you're buying things that other people cannot find organically. Yeah, that that yeah, uh, pay to win is is uh, such a such a cheap thing to do. Um, that's sportsman like shit. That's sportsmanship in the uh, new millennium. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I stay away from those games yeah. because one, I'll get my ass whooped and look like a noob. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. But uh, yeah, I just I just disagree with it on on the whole. Um, of course, Preparation H is pretty good on the whole. But anyway, <laughs> to me, it's a separation. We get into the separation because some of the things that you would say online, and and I've done it. I've trolled. I oh yeah. Hey man, we all have. I've trolled and my I've buddies been, have laughed about it. I've been a keyboard warrior. But the things that you would say online, you would never say to somebody's face. Absolutely. And and when that when that type of LARPing, which which we saw during the riots, you know, I've got a skateboard, I'm going to hit you with it. I've yeah. got a gun. Here, boom, you're dead. Yes. It's like uh, this is not this is not this this uh, online gaming crap anymore. This is not LARPing. Uh, you're out there doing real stuff with. And the people that you're fighting against, they think a little bit differently, and they look at threats as real. I love it. I mean, I've got an Oculus Quest. I've mm-hmm. got a Vive. I've got I've got some of these, and and I, I love it. But I do have that mental separation between reality and fantasy. Yes. Yes. And and some I just don't think the the lines are getting blurred. And I, I can see this as a Black Mirror uh, episode, you know, where with the social credit score. Mm-hmm. Through social media and then and then doing it through, um, there's there's going to be this separation where people aren't able to relate with people on a one-on-one level. And well, I mean, you're already finding that a lot with uh, with social media in that so many people, um, especially under the age of probably, I'm going to say 35, um, they determine a lot of their self worth. By how many likes they get, how many comments they get, how many shares they get, how many other emotional uh, ties they get, you know, love, laughter, whatever else, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all these have, you know, a lot of, there are a lot of people who are emotionally tied to how that works, you know, or they're seeing these friends of theirs who are posting to just use Facebook as the example. There's, you know, they're all of all of them, not just Facebook, but I'll use that example. You know, they see a friend from high school and, you know, they've been out of high school for, I don't know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. And this friend is doing wonderful, has the most perfect house and family and job and car and everything is wonderful. <laughs> if you think that you're a fool. Exactly. But that's what, you know, people see. And all they do is compare themselves to that. And in, com- in comparison, they fail at everything. But what they're not understanding is that person is only posting the most wonderful parts of his life. You know, nobody has 
that perfect of a life. You know, there's there's ups and downs for everybody, but people don't post about those. No, they don't post the bad parts, and nobody wants to look at that anyway. No, so yeah. Unless well, you're, unless you're me, I like to laugh at people. It's a strange dichotomy because people have rejected hyperbole in narrative. People who tell jokes, things mm-hmm. like that, get branded as racist, yes. get canceled, culture. Yes. But when we do it online with pictures, that's okay. Oh, yeah. So give me that filter. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what was that couple that were saying they were at the beach and they just laid on some sand at a at a construction yeah. facility and took a <laughs> took a selfie and said, yeah. "Oh, we're having fun at the beach." It was in the middle of the winter in New York or uh-huh. something, and it, it's just a very strange moving uh, dichotomy that we have in society right now. But I'm with you with the pendulum theory. I call it the rubber band theory. You know, you only stretch it so far before it snaps back, and then it usually goes completely opposite in the other direction uh who knows what that's gonna look like well i think we've kind of beat this episode to death i think so especially for our first one you got anything else um yeah you know one funny one for the end mm-hmm. uh news story because you like it in the end I, well i do i do because i'm a polyamorous uh platypus duck <laughs> uh, build it that Now, um, (laughs) a Chevy dealer had to replace a Corvette. Have you heard this A whole Corvette? A new Corvette. Yeah, a guy brought in his 2021 uh, vet, and uh, there was a knock or a a click or something the guy was hearing. Ended up just being a, a loose spark plug. That's all it was. The technician took the vet out for a test ride, and... The vet stores information, and it's got cameras, it's got all of it, and the guy took it home and saw that, uh, you know, when he got his vet home, he saw that it had been taken out for a ride, and he looked at it. The guy was racing a Charger at 148 miles an hour on the freeway. Sounds like my kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, and the the Charger and he were uh, running neck and neck. Uh, but yeah, you see the speedometer go up to, it's got the videos online. Um, you see the speedometer get up to 148 on an interstate with traffic. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. The guy went back and probably pretty pissed off. And the, the Chevy dealership uh, gave him a new 2022 vet, taxes and all, fully paid. Nice, nice. So they're both happy. So the moral of the story is that your vehicle tracks you wherever you go. Absolutely. (laughs) And the vet will do 148, so will whatever charger it was. I don't know what model it was, but it was a charger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably one of the Hellcats. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good deal. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining. Hopefully you're hearing this. We'll see. Uh, We'll get it out as soon as possible as soon as we figure out how to get it online. And uh, we'll try to do this on a weekly. We do have a couple of email addresses we need to throw out. So I am Scott at techtools.com, and that is spelled? Dot net. Dot net, yes, right. Uh, Scott at techtools.net and that's spelled T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z because that's what we can find as a domain name. 
uh, and try to get the point across. So if you have any suggestions for that, and yours is? Mine is Dean at techtools.net, D-E-A-N at T-E-K-T-O-O-L-Z dot net. Oh, we're just a couple of tools talking tech. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're going to go on the value for value model at some point. So we're still trying to figure that out, how we can't get canceled. So, so if you like what we say, you can help support us, and we can pay for some of this equipment that we bought. <laughs> <laughs> Those credit cards uh, get a little expensive. So. A little bit. Uh, all right. Well, good, good deal. We'll close it out. Uh, we don't have a closing, so we'll just play the beginning again. So see you guys next time. Elevator to hell. Going down.